welcome to For Fox Sake. My name is Pete Selby, and uh, I'm absolutely all alone. But that's only in For Fox Sake HQ. This is actually the new studio. Um, and by the wonders of technology, I have Rob Hayes on the phone. Now, it should it's not going to be just a, a, a recording of a, a conversation from earlier. Live on the phone, and hopefully through the magic of technology wires and all sorts of things connected. Rob, can you hear me? I can indeed. It sounds like you're running a supercomputer operation there. All sorts is going on in for Fox 8 HQ. Can't wait, actually, for when you're back. Um, and then we're doing one from the actual studio uh, all with all new equipment, etc. It will be splendid. Anyway, um, first of all, where the bloody hell are you? I am sat on my balcony in sunny Croatia watching the sunset over the sea currently. What a lovely old job. Fantastic. Um, what drink do you have in hand? Uh, I have got uh, what I think is Croatian Lidl's version of the new Guinness Lager Hop House. Oh, really? <laughs> Very nice. Not. I just thought you were going to say like a bottle of beer or something, but no, that, that sounds uh, sounds lovely. Anyway, um, so you're gallivanting around Europe for the best part of uh, four weeks, but you're back in the studio next week. I am indeed, yeah. Excellent. That's great news. Um, anyway, Leicester City. Um, so it's exciting, actually. We'll just we'll just talk about the podcast for a while because um, people are listening all the time. New listeners, hopefully, anyway. Um, and if you are listening, we we are on episode ninety three, as you heard me say. Um, we've got a few irons in the fire for episode one hundred. I've got a few ideas. I'll I'll let you know later, Rob. But um, we've had a bit of a redesign as well. Um, the podcast is available on iTunes. That's the best way I normally say. Basically, if you go onto your phone and you type in for Fox's sake, you will probably find it through the podcast app of your choice, uh, mainly the main one on your home screen of your mobile phone. That's the best way. Um, and you'll notice a new logo, a new look to uh, the website and the podcast. It's just a, a different logo. So let, uh, just take a look. And if you go on Facebook as well, you'll see the new design. And uh, just let us know what you think. Um, we quite like it, don't we? I do, and essentially that uh, logo represents how much you've missed me during my uh, European tour. I'm back next week. You've just got so lonely without me. You're thinking, what on earth can I do? Rob's not here to record a podcast with me. I know. I'll dress up a new logo and show off my Photoshop ability. But I'm very impressed with it. When you said I've got a new logo, I was like, oh, this is, this is a bit from left field. We haven't talked about this. And as soon as you sent it, I was like, yeah, decent. Exactly, yes. And... Uh... Well, from this new uh, studio, all sorts of podcasts will be coming out as well. Maybe not just football ones, but uh, we'll let the listeners know that uh, later on uh, in the next few episodes. Anyway, so yeah, a new look. Uh, go on Facebook, go on Twitter, take a look at the logos. You'll see it, obviously, when you're uh, downloading and then listening to the podcast. And uh, just uh, tell us what you think. A little bit of a throwback as well, because yes, we're talking about what's happening right now with the club. But, you know, we'd like to have a look back at our heritage as well. But anyway... Back to the modern day, and uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers uh, we played last Saturday. Uh, we've got a number of topics to go through. We'll start, uh, I've got a little bit of a running order, Rob. I'll just let you know what it is, um, since you're obviously miles away, sunning yourself in uh, glorious Croatia. By the way, how many countries have you been to? Uh, this is the 10th. 10? I did not expect ten, you to say yeah. I did not expect you to say 10, okay. Um, very nice. Well... 
the idea what we'll do, we'll go through Wolves and then we'll uh, talk about uh, a certain player who's left the club and then uh, we'll get some feedback from the listeners and then we'll have a look forward to the game against Southampton. So Wolverhampton Wanderers, we played them on Saturday, a 2-0 home win. And if you didn't see the game, if you just saw the result in the paper the next day, um, then you go, OK, routine standard 2-0 win against a promoted side. It was anything but. Um Obviously, you're miles away. Did you see it? Did you pay any attention? Were you allowed to? And um, and what what questions do you have to ask me? Because I obviously I was there. I didn't see it, but I have watched uh, as many highlights as I possibly can. I was underground in some caves in Slovenia at the time, so I've got a fairly decent excuse. Uh, and the first, like, I've got to say, the first thought I had was Sunil against Wolves solid, they could have been a potential banana skin, especially with the quality of players that they signed and they smashed the championship last season. Uh, I actually, as you saw from our Twitter, did a little bit for the Express and Star and newspaper over in the West Midlands and I predicted Leicester to win 2-1 and I'd like Madison to get on the score sheet. So I'm glad that the Leicester scoring two and the Madison on the score sheet thing came true. Um, sounded like Mendy did well. Sounds like we've got a player on our hands in Pereira. And as we all kind of anticipated, Madison is bossing that number 10 role early doors. Good to see him sort of creative and positive um, with the likes of Chilwell and Gray. And they all seem to be getting on really well. What uh, problems did Wolves pose us? Because obviously I've seen everything through Leicester City tinted spectacles and you were, you were at the game. Well, they posed a lot. They, what they did, they spread out an awful lot. They're a very open team. They had... Um, uh, wingers, Jota on one side, um, Costa pulled wide on the other side. Also, their two fullbacks pushed on very high up the field, just like ours, actually. Um, and they made the pitch really big, and they played really well, I thought, very well indeed. And uh, essentially, they were really the better side, and by quite a distance for at least the first 25 minutes to half an hour. They hit the bar, they hit the post. It... Um, Neither shot, to be perfectly honest, I know it's a bit strange to say that when a shot hits the post, it didn't look like it was going to go in or hits the bar. I, I wasn't concerned enough that I thought that was in all the way and then just rose at the wrong second and hit the bar. It kind of dipped onto the bar, you know. But um, it was uh, it was a tremendous display by Wolves. And I would put it more, and I said this on commentary at the time, that it was Wolves playing really well rather than Leicester not playing well, that they really bossed the game. And then all of a sudden, um, Albrighton gets the ball into the middle and uh, Doherty just headed it past his own keeper. Bullet head, a great finish by <laughs> by the fullback. But And then we were one up and the goal for Leicester, the own goal, settled them. Before that, Vardy was hustling and Harry and didn't really have anything to feat. Uh, Madison had hardly really touched the ball in the first 25 minutes. Um, Mendy and Ndidi were doing well. Uh, the one thing is at the back, um, Evans came in. There were four changes for Leicester. Evans came in centre-half alongside Maguire. Uh, Mendy was in the side, which was a complete surprise. And um, Evans was all over the place, very slow, very sluggish. And obviously, we are big fans on the podcast of Wes Morgan, and he gets a lot of unfair criticism. And for the first 20 minutes, at the back of my mind, I'm just thinking, you've thrown this guy in who's not fully fit, match fit, match sharp. And you've got a match sharp, match fit club captain who played well against Man U. I thought, so yes, one or one or two little little slip ups, but again, you're playing at Old Trafford, and um, 
it was a bit of a risk, I thought. And and he 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 not only started sluggish and and looked slow, but to an extreme level. If you were at the game, or you saw the game via whatever means, remember how many times he was beaten around his back, how many times he was beaten for pace, how many times they got to the touchline and then went into the penalty area along the tu- along the byline. That's that's extraordinary. It happened three or four times in the first half an hour. Um, it I thought Maguire looked sluggish as well, maybe because of what was happening alongside him. And um, it took Leicester until that goal, really, to then get into the game. Once they did, then Madison started to get on the ball more, which is all important. Again, he's a young player. Um, I've been impressed with him. I've, I think he loses the ball an awful lot still. He's only 20. He's only just joined. He's never played in the Premier League. All these are reasons why he, he looks a really good signing. He looks also a, a crowd favourite as well by his looks, his style, the way he plays. He's going to score plenty of goals. Took his chance well. Uh, a good player in Madison. But uh, I'll just not go over the top like some people are. But people get excited. And... Um, but the two players I really want to talk about, because everyone else, um, we kind of we, we, we know how they've played, are Pereira and, um, and Mendy. I thought Mendy was very good in midfield, a completely different Mendy to what we've seen, a sharp, fit, um, tough-tackling tank of a midfielder, exactly the player we bought, basically, to replace Kante. That's what we bought him for. And I thought he was he played very well for saying he hasn't played in the Premier League for 18 months. Remember that. 18 months. He he looked a very solid, accomplished, good centre midfielder alongside Ndidi. I will say one thing. Um, him and Ricardo, um, so you got Pereira on, who was on that side, and Didi, uh, sorry, um, Mendy played just to the right of the midfield too, Rob. Uh, when you do get back at the King Power, uh, one wears 24, the other wears 14. They're both very similar size. It's um, <laughs> They've both got very similar haircut as well. It's it's quite at some points you think you kind of lose track of, uh, of of who's who because of the numbers as well from a commentator's point of view you just see that glimpse of a four of course twenty four and fourteen it's uh, it is slightly awkward at, at points but Ricardo he is for me so far the standout player what a performance the things that I like about this guy that you saw against Man United were confirmed yes he likes to get forward but he's not afraid to get stuck in. He's got a great leap on him for a very slight player. Um, he just looks like a very good, honest, attacking fullback who's also incredibly quick, skillful. He looks the business, the absolute business. Um, very, very impressed with him. Um, impressed with Mendy, but Pereira for me, the standout. We scored the second goal just before half-time. Keeper looked like he was unsighted. 2-0 up. Um, and then Vardy got sent off for a, te- a crazy tackle in the second half. Doesn't sound like Vardy, that. No, it was, um, I mean, some people said it wasn't a red card. Yes, it was. Yes, it looked a red card straight away. And then when you saw the replays, didn't really confirm, uh, or it didn't confirm that it wasn't a red card. People say he got the ball. He got the ball and then went through the player in a very dangerous manner. Uh, the studs were high. It was It was a very reckless challenge, a stupid challenge for saying we were 2-0 up at home after an hour. Okay, he might have been frustrated slightly, but it doesn't matter. He just miscontrolled the ball or the ball bounced off him and then went through a play. I thought it was a a very silly, uh, stupid thing for Vardy to do. And he's now going to miss three games. Luckily, one of them is the League Cup game against Fleetwood, his old side. But unfortunately, he will be missing against Liverpool at home. Mm, Yeah, like you say, a bit silly of him. Um, 
my my thoughts on those players that you that you mentioned. Pereira gives us a lot of options on the right hand side to play whatever system we want. If um, if he wants him to play right back, he he's looked fairly comfortable there. I think defensive attributes tend to show themselves more after five or ten games than than one or two. But from what I've I've seen and what you said there, tough tackling, good in the air. And sometimes you can get found out a little bit positionally, but we'll wait and see whether he's got that. Because, you know, if you play right back, if you play right back like Danny Simpson has for the last 15 years, you know exactly where you need to be in a back four at all times. Uh, and I just worry maybe whether Pereira's not quite got that because he plays in so many different positions along the right-hand side. But I want to use that as a positive because I think there will be parts this season where we play three at the back with wing-backs because I think Pereira and Chilwell are perfect candidates to play in those wing-back positions. Uh, and then Pereira obviously started the game against against United on the right wing um, and looked equally good there. I've, I've been very impressed with positivity, but also his effectiveness, because as a fullback, you can be as positive as you like, but if you haven't got anything to do with it, uh, with the final ball, with the, with the decisions in the final third, it's effectively quite useless, but he's looked good on the ball, um, confident, positive, uses it very well. Uh, and again, I was su- as surprised as you to see Mendy on the team sheet. Obviously, it's, he's a, a bit of a forgotten man. Um, first game, as you say, in the Premier League for 18 months, but we've never seen Papi Mendy. We saw him, like he's been on the pitch a few times in a Leicester shirt, but that's trying to get some match fitness, trying to get up to the pace of the Premier League. Maybe now we actually see the player that we bought um, as a direct or indirect replacement for N'Golo Kante, and he really bolsters that midfield, so much so that Ibora wasn't even in the match day squad, which is for a bloke that was playing week in, week out for, for Sevilla in the, in the Europa League and the Liga a couple of years ago. That, that's testament to how highly 12 rates Mendy, um, and Mendy and Ndidi look a, a good option in that central midfield. Uh, and where do, where do Silva, where do Ibora, uh, and then obviously down further down the line, Jason King, where, where do they get their game time? If, if Mendy can stay fit and play that well and strike up that partnership with Ndidi as the ones that sort of break things down, win the ball, shift it and give it to Madison, Gray, uh, whoever's playing on the on the other flank and then and then feed the forward line, it, it looks a good option. Obviously, we're only two games in, so uh, there'll be a lot more tinkering from Claude Puel, I'm sure, between now and the next sort of three or four games. Yeah, that's that's true, and um, you you mentioned obviously the, some players who they're not going to get near the side, are they? The likes of King and James, etc. Uh, I saw Andy King in the car park actually signing autographs, and it's he, he's not going to play unless it's a cup game against Fleetwood. But you mentioned two players are ahead of him, Ibora and Silva. He obviously likes legs, doesn't he? Uh, Puel. He wants people to be quick, active. Um, be able to get up and down the field. Just look at the, the starting lineup, you know, with Mendy in there compared to a Silva or Ibora. Um, I, I do think it was a risk playing Evans, and I, when it comes to being, who is the quicker, who is the more agile, I would still say him alongside Wes Morgan. People might just go, well, everyone's quicker and everyone's more agile than Wes Morgan. I disagree. Um, I, I, I think that was a bit of a a surprise, but we'll wait and see what happens with the new Turkish guy. Um, they moved into a back three um, a, in the second half. Is that a sign of things to come? Quite possibly so, with the likes of Evans alongside Maguire and this uh, and and the Turkish guy. We'll have to wait and see. Um, the one thing that would do, it would mean that one of the forward players would then not be in the side. Um, 
for me, I don't think that's much of a problem, mainly because if you look at the starting lineup, we had Albrighton and Gray alongside Madison with obviously Vardy at the top. Vardy and Ignacio will swap around depending on who's fit, who's um, who's actually available for selection. Uh, they're the two strikers. Behind that, you've got Okazaki and obviously Madison in that number 10 role, Madison being the first team player. But the two wide areas, you've got the new uh, Mares 2.0 on one side alongside um, the likes of Albrighton. On the other side, you've got Gray. It's it's interesting, those positions, and Diabate, obviously. They're, for me, open positions. Gray still needs to improve and convince, really. And if one of those positions does drop out, then it's probably going to be either Albrighton or, or Gray. Which one of the two? Maybe Albrighton in a 3-5-2. That's probably who would miss out. We'll have to wait and see what happens against Southampton. I wouldn't be adverse in just playing the same way, same formation. Um, same personnel, go to Southampton in the same way that we did to Old Trafford, go to Old Trafford. You're going to create more against a side who are struggling and will struggle, I think, for the season in Southampton. But uh, that was the game against Wolves. It was a 2-0 victory in the end. We held off quite comfortably in the end, so that was good. That's a car going past, I presume. It is, yes. <laughs> anyway, we'll move I've, on. I've jumped down off the balcony. There aren't cars going past the balcony. Don't worry. Oh. I've, uh, I've just had to come down onto the main road and get. Uh, I can't get a power cable that leads all the way out to the to the balcony, so I've had to come and try and find a power pack. You know, the problems with technology. You're going to have to send a photo through, and we'll tweet it out just to see. I want to know where you are. I want to. I want to. I want to see what you're seeing, and I think um, the listeners want to as well. I want to know where. When we're doing the hundredth episode, we'll talk about where we did the first ever one. Um, you know where it was, and uh, and we'll talk about that. anyway. That's the hundredth episode. But yeah, send us a photo. How um, far we've come from then? Exactly. Um, and how far we've come, uh, mainly due to one player who's left the club, and his name is Leo Ajoa, and he wears oh. number twenty-three. And uh, exactly, that's exactly what I think. Yeah, Leo Ajoa. When uh, I just go through a few stats: um, eighty-six games, eighteen goals, only eighteen goals, but some. Very important goals. Uh, four years at the club, eight million pound, roughly, maybe a bit less. Um, and he was bought as the star striker when we got promoted from a side. And remember, he scored a couple of goals, maybe even a hat trick when we got promoted. When it was officially declared that we were up, um, we then played Brighton a few days later, and everyone had been drinking. And uh, and he he was brilliant at the King Power. Maybe that's the reason why we signed him. But he was bought to play alongside the likes of Vardy and Nugent and Wood, and he scored. 22 minutes into his debut, 2-2 against Everton, many people will remember. Then he scored in the next home game against Arsenal, and then against Stoke as well. So he started really well. Um, he scored twice in that fight, that 5-3 against Man United, which we'll always remember. Everyone will remember that game. It's instantly, I, I think, in the top five most famous games the club's ever played, really. Um, and then he became the super sub when Leicester bought Okazaki to play alongside Vardy. He scored six goals in 29 games in the league winning season. And I'll just mention four games. Okay. And then when I mention these games, you, you, you'll be thinking in the back of your mind, Rob, and also listeners, you remember in the goals and the performances, the goal against Norwich late on one nil slided in the back post. And that was the, the, the Vardy quake as it was called, but that was actually uh, Leo Joe's late winner. Um, a goal away at Newcastle, and his celebration, it was, the, it was the second goal at Newcastle. And he was on his knees and just roaring with 
um, delight and also a little bit of frustration maybe not playing a good header. Um, the penalty against West Ham at home to draw 2-2 after Vardy had been sent off. The kahunas on the guy to just step up and just knock it in the corner. What a vital point. And then, of course, without Vardy, we thrashed Swansea at home um, and he scored a couple there. And it didn't matter that Vardy weren't playing. Granted, we're playing a, a good a, a team as uh, as Swansea at home. You couldn't have picked a better side, really. But what a great signing. Apparently, behind the scenes and around the club, a great guy. After that, he didn't get many games. He was going to move a couple of times. He handed a transfer request and he wasn't happy. You can understand at the, at the height of his career, he could move to a Premier League side. I think he dodged a bullet by not joining Sunderland. And But apparently, no problems behind the scenes. He's now moved on. He's gone to play in Mexico after being on loan at, at Brighton. Leo Ojoa, what a, a, a good player, a great player for Leicester in terms of the league winning side, coming off the bench all those times. Also scoring those vital goals in keeping us up for the first year. Leo Ojoa, what, 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 what else can you say? Well, I think he's covered it very, very well there. And the, the ones that I remember that stick out in my mind are the Norwich ones and the West Ham ones. I remember when we got that penalty and you looked around and you thought, right, who's going to take this? This is massive. Are you and inside, then, Rob? I, I am, yeah. Yeah, it's very echoey. Just let you know about that. <laughs> I'm, in a, I'm in a stairwell. I'm climbing the stairs with him and start panting. Isn't it? I'm in the fourth floor and they don't believe in lift. That's better. Oh, that's better. Yeah. Um, oh, no, oh, no, you're back, out. You're back in the thing. Okay. Carry on. Yeah, no, the, pen the penalty to... To step up, I think you use the word kahunas. Yeah, balls. I think that's something that... Per yeah, well, yeah, if you want to put it so crudely, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It could be a lot cruder, but carry on. It could, well, it could, yeah, but, you know, some some children might be listening in the background. But, yeah, the, that penalty against West Ham, just, you're looking around going, it, it's it's quite a strong penalty. You look around going, we need a hero here. We need someone to take this, pick this ball up, put it on the spot, 12 yards out, and just put it in the back of the net. No nonsense. That's exactly what he did. Um, and I think a lot of fans have already forgotten the, not transfer saga, if you like, but the transfer request saga. He wanted to he wanted to be on the transfer list. He wanted a way out. And there was that open letter that he submitted saying he loves the club and all that kind of stuff. But I think his contribution to a lot of Leicester's recent history have to put him... Not not we're not in the same category as the as the people we talked about like Mares drink water, uh, Kante, but but very very close if not because he he scored some important goals. He became a real fan's favourite. He was signed actually because Pitt, Nigel Pearson said to Wes Morgan and Robert who who was the most difficult striker you played against this season in the Championship, and they said Ajoa, so Leicester went out and got him. Well, when they look back or when anyone looks back at the league winning side, you'll be able to name the first 11 players. But for me, I'd like to name the first 12 players because Ajoa played many times. As I said, he played 29 times, most of them off the bench. Um, I think you have to say there were 12 players really uh, in that side. And what a, what, what a great signing. That's what you want from, from signings. We've experienced over the last two or three years the disappointment about about many signings, the likes of Musa, Slimani didn't work out. I still think he can score goals in the Premier League if you play a certain way. Um, 
Kaputska and, and 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 other players have, have have not really hit the heights that we we hoped and we thought they might. I have to say that the business that Leicester have done in the summer, in terms of obviously selling the likes of Musa Mares, and then the recruitment so far looks to be very good. And also that includes getting players back from on loan and maybe sending them out on loan with new improved contracts, getting Vardy on a new contract, a new deal for Ndidi as well. I think a lot of credit has to go to the club. Rudkin as well, who gets a lot of stick. Um, some of it uh, quite duly uh, deserved and probably the vast majority of it, probably not. Um, I think his policy on buying horses for King Power at the moment is maybe not working out too good, but that's a different sport, never mind. Um, but... I think a lot of credit has to go that way. And also that applies to many of the players that we've seen in the last two games, Pereira and Madison. We'll see what happens with them. But when it comes to Ojoa and you look back, yes, you want the player to do well on the pitch and perform and to score goals or to do whatever entails in their position that they play. But there's some players who you latch on to as a fan as well. And Ojoa, for me, was that player. Go on, Leo. Go on, Sonia. It was he was that player, and for that alone, that makes a signing for me. Even if they're not the greatest player in the world, as long as you just have that connection as a fan with that player, bit like me and Frank Sinclair, my all-time hero. Well, not hero, but my one of my favourite players of all time, Frank. Not the greatest player in the world. He was all right, but he was Frank. He was our Frank. Go on, Frank. But that's what we had with. That's what I had with Leo. Do you know what I mean? When it, when he was playing, it was it was Leo Ajoa. That's what Brighton fans. One of my best mates is a Brighton fan, and he he feels exactly the same way. I was down the pub last night talking to him about Leo Ajoa, and he just everything he said, I went a Leicester fan could say it, and um, brilliant, fantastic. And I I imagine he'll be back at some point. Um, obviously not as a player, but you know out on the pitch and uh, and good luck to him. We'll see see how he gets on, but uh, good luck to him. Another one of the squad. That won the league goes, and again, every time one of the key players do that, then we'll obviously, um, you know, remember them on the podcast. But that's uh, that's Leo Ajoa. I don't think we could mention anything more really with the Ajoa. Um, three word reviews, which maybe we should have done actually after the game against Wolves. Uh, the review we did. Now, three word reviews you can get these in in a number of different ways. Facebook's one way. Just wait until it's posted, the picture saying three-word review alongside our new logo, and then just reply with three words that sums up the game. Nice and easy. Again, on Twitter, after the game, we'll post two or three times, three-word review and the picture. Just reply with your three-word review. Now, my three words, you can think about this whilst I'm uh, talking about some of the replies, Rob. My three words were posts still shaking. So I think it's that was the important thing, because if those two goals went in, we ain't winning 2-0. And we're probably not winning the game, so they were important. Uh, right, go through a few of these. Let's uh, let's see whether they're accurate according to us. I mean, obviously they are the people's opinions. Paul Keller, uh, he says uh, comprehensive home win with a, a a bit of a wink uh, face next to it. So I think uh, you know a bit of tongue in cheek there. Um, Hazit Patel and uh, also uh, Sean on Facebook, they both say Ricardo Mendy Madison, which really kind of sums up the game. Uh, the three star players really. Uh, Mark Perkins said off the mark I think we agree with that um, Fox in the boxes he says Ricardo is rapid he also sent another saying Mendy is magic so nice little thing there from uh, Foxes in the boxes uh, we've got America Fox uh, American Fox LCFC says Madison has arrived yes he has um, Sam 
he says, this is a lovely one. You'll like this, Rob. This, this is the one that you would say. You know, you're, you're a bit of a wordsmith, really, compared to my uh, stumbling English. Uh, Sam says, experience overcame exuberance. How Very that? nice. That's lovely, isn't it? That's, that's... I, was, I was just thinking my favourite of these so far has been um, Mendy Pereira Madison or whatever supporter you put the three in because, as you say, they were the three key players and, and Mendy's almost like a new signing, so it's good to see him doing well. But yeah, experience overcame exuberance. That's, I like it. that's lovely. I think that might be the winner. We'll find out. Uh, I've got, uh, what, four or five more. Uh, on Facebook, Paul Mappa says, uh, pretty damn lucky, which I think is... Uh, very accurate for the first 30 minutes. Um, Scott Marshall said, work to do, which I do agree with. Um, Stu said, uh, a decent three points. Completely right as well. Getting off the mark, important. And uh, Martin Chapman, I think, has the um, the last word, really. Midlands top team. Yes, it's early doors, but uh, we certainly are that. Um, should we declare a win? Tell you what, we'll declare a winner every week and we'll have a league table of winners according to the three word review okay and i think sam will have to be the winner this week with exu uh, experience overcame exuberance do you agree yeah i'm a big fan of that because a lot of people with the three word review try and keep it as short as possible in terms of the amount of syllables he's got probably the most amount of syllables you could possibly get in a three word review there i like it i like it and and it's absolutely bang on as well experience obviously the number of new players but you know the team who's been in the Premier League for four years overcoming an exuberant wall it's, it's absolutely perfect it's spot on um Triore who came on their new signing from Middlesbrough has to be the fastest player in world football he has to be yeah it, it, it's unbelievable don't get me wrong he can't kick a ball properly but and, and if he ever finds that talent then he, he will be unbelievable but He's straight away. I was looking how much he is on uh, for a bit of fancy football, but uh, but there we go. Also, Madison and Pereira nailed on signings for your for your fantasy team, especially Pereira for me. But uh, yeah, so we'll see what happens with Wolves. I think they'll be fine. I think it'll be a very good game this coming Saturday. Uh, play at home against Manchester City. Um, a number of podcasts out there for Wolverhampton Wanderers. You yourself, Rob, were on one. Uh, I was on one. The seventy-seven. They were a bit miffed with a, a few things I said regarding Vardy about no amount of money could uh, sign Jamie. Vardy, they they basically poo pooed that, um, but they don't know what they're on about, do they? But uh, and they were a nice well, bunch of lads. Get them, get them to come back to you when they've got a, a striker with, with as much proven Premier League and international ability as that, and then uh, and then we'll listen to what they have to say. That's exactly right. That's pretty much what I said to them. But uh, yeah, they they kind of uh, yeah they they were a bit down on that. They didn't give me a chance to reply. By the way, it was an interview, and then they played it uh, during their podcast, and then three of them. I must say, it's very well produced. I listened to it, and um, they then talked about my interview without giving me a chance to come back. If they're listening to this, then uh, yeah, we've we've just answered that. But uh, no, no, they were they were a very nice bunch, and obviously you you were on one as well. So um, and I must say they were very complimentary of Leicester. I got a few messages via Twitter as well, or through to the podcast uh, regarding the game as well, and they were all very balanced and they seemed like a, a a decent bunch. So good luck to them for the rest of the season. And I must admit the Birch came out before the game and did say you know congratulations on getting promoted and good luck for the season and the entire crowd gave them a round of applause and. And I think at a club like like ours, that's always going to happen because we know what it's like to be that club. But uh, I think they'll be fine. This Saturday then, Southampton away. Rob, prediction, go. 
I predict that we will pick up our second win of the season. I don't think Southampton have looked very good for, well, since Club Pro left, really. Uh, they had a, a couple of it, chops and changes with managers, etc. Uh, the, the squad is good in places, but not great in others. Um, I will predict, I, lo- I love a 2-1 prediction, but I just can't see us going there and keeping a clean sheet, but I think we'll get goals. So I'm going to go for uh, 2-1. One Leicester. I just want us to go there with the intention of dominating the ball, but in a positive way, and just go and say, "Look, here's our attacking threat. Try and stop us if you can." I think um, I, I I agree. I I think we'll go there, and fingers crossed it happens. I I can see us winning two nil. I can see us keeping a clean sheet. Um, I can also see Iniacho scoring, hopefully Madison again, maybe even Pereira. But um, if we go there with the same intent like we did at Man United, i.e. controlling the game first, keeping possession, and then letting the forward players do their thing. The one thing I will say regarding Claude Puel, who, again, a lot of credit in terms of you know signings and the way he's conducted himself and the way he's set the, the teams up, uh, the way he's brought in Mendy, for example. Um, the one thing I'll say is when... Ranieri was in charge and he basically set the defensive unit up and then when they went over that was the uh, that was the phone someone tweeted in but they um when the team then went over the halfway line he used to say was oh, it was the the arrows the red arrows all this sort of thing um but he let them pretty much do what they want you don't tell Morris what to do you don't tell Vardy what to do. you know they know what they're doing and you let them have the freedom when they get over the halfway line to do their thing. Um, with Leicester, one thing you can say at the moment is that the lack of uh, creating chances, controlling games but not creating maybe enough chances, is that something that Puel can actually do? Or is there something Puel can do? Or is it the fact that, yes, the team are getting into those positions, but it's the players who are not creating the chances, and it's not actually Claude's fault. He's getting them into that position but they're not actually taking the chances in terms of creating them like they did in the league winning season. Yeah, I think players like Madison and Pereira, who've obviously got um, Madison a goal and Pereira two assists, a few fantasy football lovers out there. I put Pereira in from the start, actually. I'm, I'm Same delighted with that. Um, they'll, they'll start seeing more and more the more they play with the team. The more creative license and attacking um, intent that Club World gives to this team, the more minutes to play with them on the training ground. Look, how many times did Drinkwater not even look before hammering a 60-yard ball perfectly into the path of Jamie Vardy um, in the title-winning season? It, it doesn't come straight away, but the more that they play together, especially if you play Gray on the left with Chilwell behind him and Madison in the number 10, those three seem to be best buds at the minute. Get them to they'll they'll start finding ways of making triangles between them, and then when Madison gets to know the other players as well as he knows those two, Yavadi, Yurianacho, whoever's playing on the right flank, whether it's Gazal, Diabate, Albright, and uh, Pereira, whoever, they'll start finding those passes, they'll start reading those runs, and um, and will create more chances because of that. Claude Puel can't physically tell players how to create chances. He can do what you said, build the defence, uh, a player, a midfield like Mendy and Ndidi are always going to hold firm, they're always going to win it back, they're always going to try and play simple for the more attacking players. 
and then say, go and do your thing. And that thing will get better and better. I genuinely believe that. You mentioned earlier, Madison loses the ball a little bit too often for your liking uh, and quantified that with the fact that he's only 20 and he's only just starting in the Premier League. But him losing the ball suggests to me that he's positive all the time. He's turning. He wants to face the opposition's goal. He wants to try and make something happen. I'd rather him do that than get faced up by a defensive midfielder or a defender, turn back, play backwards 15, 20 yards, knock it square. The, the, the losing possession shows that he's taking chances. The more chances he takes, the more creative he's going to become, the more confident he's going to become, and the more likely he is to pull off these little tricks or passes or, or whatever it is that he's attempting when he loses it. He'll, he'll get better and better, and I will not stop him from doing that whatsoever and encourage it more and more. Turn, face your man up, try and pick a pass, try and thread something through, try and beat someone. Obviously not all the time, but most of the time I'd like to see him going forward rather than playing it safe because he's not the kind of player that's going to affect the game if he's playing safe. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and and for me, it's those two wide positions. Albrighton, yes, he set up the goal, but um, we know what he likes to do, get the ball into the middle. But um, the likes of Gray, the new signing, Mario's 2.0, and also Diabate, they're the players who really do need to step up in this formation. They've, they've been given the licence. They're going to get possession in terms of, of keeping the ball away and at home. They look to be a very solid side if Mendy's going to be playing in midfield. And they've now got the licence to go and do their stuff. And it's now time for them to step up. That's what I like to see. The two wing-backs are doing their stuff, but impressed with Chilwell. The defence with new signings, it looks solid. The goalkeeper's there. Uh, the forwards are there, if you can find them. For me, you've got Madison as 10. It's the two wider players, for me, who need to step up. If they're going to play three at the back, it means that one of them will miss out. But there we go. That's um, for Fox sake for this week. Now, Rob, you're back next week, and you'll be in Fox 8 HQ. So, safe travels. Enjoy the rest of your uh, time in Croatia or whichever uh, 10th country you've been to. That's extraordinary. Um, so, basically, we've had Tallinn now Croatia in the last two uh, week or so. Uh, we really are an international podcast. But there we go. No, people listen all around the world, so why can't we be other places? But, uh, yeah, well, safe travels, and we'll see you in the studio. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you for uh, interrupting my holiday with the the joys of Fox Eight podcast. Uh, you were dying to come on. No. You you were dying to come. I could have got Jono. Could have got the, uh, the 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 Sheffield Wednesday fan if he stopped talking about whippets and Hovis bread and all sorts of stuff like that. Some you know some in Sheffield coal. He was talking about coal he's, an awful lot. Of he's a Wednesday fan. He clearly knows absolutely nothing about football. He was all right as a one week fan then, but. I think I think both you and I both knew that I needed to be on this week's podcast. So I'm glad that te- technologically you've made it happen back at the the HQ. Uh, I've got a few more days of holiday and then a long drive back uh, in the Mrs. Suzuki that doesn't have air conditioning, which will be a, a, a thrill. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll do my best to get back to you safely. Uh, three points on Saturday, hopefully, that we'll be talking about next week. Yes, we'll try and do it early next week sometime. Uh, depending on uh, schedules and bits and bobs and all sorts. There's another uh, tweet coming into the podcast, so we'll read them out. Right, if you're listening to the podcast, one thing you have to do, subscribe to the podcast. You can do via many ways. We're on SoundCloud. Of course, we're on Apple iTunes, which is the best way of doing about it. Uh, Make sure you find us on Facebook. Three-word reviews. Look out 
for the three-word reviews and then reply with your three-word review. Well done to Sam. He is currently top of the table. Um, in fact, what we'll do, we'll have a, a first, second and third every week and then they'll get points, three points, two points, one point and we'll have a, a league table of three-word reviews. So we'll find out uh, the second and third one. We'll have a quick discussion off there and then we'll put them up on social media as well when this uh, podcast has been released. Any thoughts, any questions, anything at all, contact us via social media for podcast at gmail.com. You can always email us and make sure you rate and subscribe to the podcast because it appears on your phone or in your inbox or by whatever means instantly and it's the best way to stay in touch and listen to the show now. Three points on Saturday, please. And we'll be back next week with more for Fox sake. <laughs>